Welcome back to the Quiet Onset podcast. I'm Ewan Graf and I'm joined by the recently boosted Lachlan Healy. How are you feeling? Uh, I feel fine. Yeah. I got lied to. I thought the booster shot would make me a bit taller. Uh, it didn't. <laughs> I'm the same height. Yeah. I've just got a sore right arm. That's all I've got. <laughs> it's a funny concept to me that like someone um, pushes a needle into your arm and just like <laughs> down by your feet, it just like increases like whoop, <laughs> you just go whoop. up. <laughs> Whatever they put in is just like added to your feet. Tall girl too. And <laughs> you just have like huge fucking meat cloth feet. <laughs> just like <laughs> that's slammed that's down exactly every time. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what our uh, anti-vaxxers are afraid of. That's why what I'm so scared of because I'm so incredibly tall and handsome that like, oh my god, mm. what imagine even more of that? And I you know, I kind of stay away from booster yeah. stuff. Like I, I, I hate using booster seats, even though I need one, it's quite uh <laughs> I feel really embarrassed. It's very funny to see Lachlan drive because like he sits on three individual different booster seats just so he can see out of the window. And a roadmap. <laughs> and I'm driving a fucking Mini. <laughs> mini Cooper? Do you know these things where you like uh, stilts, you know, the stilts that you wear to like walk outside. Lachlan wears those inside so he can brake and, and actually accelerate. I'm always in heels. Always in here. <laughs> Anyways, let's start off the show. Uh, today we got quite a packed episode. Um, we are taking a look at uh, the trailers that premiered during this year's Super Bowl, uh, including uh, a first look at Jordan Peele's Nope and the first trailer for the Amazon-produced Lord of the Rings show. So, go sports! Uh, <laughs> I got some short reviews for new releases like Kenneth Branagh's Death on the Nile, uh, Steven Soderbergh's Kimmy, Jackass Forever, Marry Me, What I Want Back, and so on. There's quite a few. But um, most importantly, I did watch the long-anticipated Tall Girl 2. So Lachlan and I also almost, uh, you're almost done with Boba Fett, so we'll, we'll actually avoid the spoilers for the very last episode. But uh, we got a review for the the series uh so far, um, later in the show as well. And then finally, we'll talk about Kingsman, The Kingsman, uh, which is now streaming on a couple different streaming services uh, on Disney+, Plus, on Hulu, HBO Max, depends on uh, your region's uh, or country's availability. Uh, if you want to skip around to anything specific that interests you, the time codes are, as always, linked below in the show notes. Uh, but before we get into the main part of the show, don't forget to drop those five-star reviews over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It is very much appreciated. And maybe consider shouting out the show to a fellow film friend. Let's dive straight into the... Uh, Super Bowl news. We are talking about sports today, Lachlan. The, the Rams won? Actually, we're switching gears. Oh. Lachlan, I haven't watched the Super Bowl yet. Don't spoil me. Oh, right. Sorry. I'm still on the halftime show. I'm changing show. this into a sports I podcast. Eminem has just emerged from the stage. I'm not ready for this yet. But no. Yeah, the Rams did win. Um, Apparently, it was a super good game. It started around like... 1.30 in the morning for me, so I ain't staying up to actually watch that live. No, thank you. Um, But we did catch up with the traders, and I actually just, on a personal note, I guess, I don't know if it's a personal note, but um, I watched uh, all the other uh, trailers that they had, and gotta say, it was a pretty mediocre year for them. It was a lot of crypto ads and ads for electrical cars. Um, One of the highlights from the non-film um, ads was probably the Edgar Wright directed uh, Squarespace ad starring Zendaya. It was cool. Like, it was a really well-made ad. Yeah, I thought so as well. Um, so interesting to see. I mean, it's not it's not art. It's <laughs> like, you know, but it's it's uh, definitely a, a well-produced no, it's art. ad. No, it's definitely art. Right. Where would you rank it amongst the Edgar Wright filmography? 
Oh, I was above Hot Fuss, right? Uh, I'd put it above all of them. Yeah, right. I actually think it's the greatest ad ever made. Ah, and you can yeah, do that. I put it that high. I think it's. I think, as I said, it's art. I think it's better than the Mona Lisa. What can I say? I think it's better than any of that shit. That piece of shit, DiCaprio. DiCaprio. <laughs> da Vinci. <laughs> da Vinci. Hey, same person. Same I meant person. Da Vinci. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, fuck all the shit that DiCaprio put out and fuck all the shit Da Vinci put out. This is the greatest piece of art. What do you time. think Mona Lisa would sell if she like had a Squarespace page? Um, she would sell Panic at the Disco albums. <laughs> yeah, she's a really big Brandon Yuri fan. Yeah, that's <laughs> all that she would do. Right, right. I mean, no explanation needed, like of course. I feel like the Mona Lisa would just sell herself, though. Huh? I feel like the Mona Lisa would just sell herself, though. You can buy me. As in, as in, are you insinuating that she would prostitute herself or just pictures of herself? No, definitely she would. <laughs> Mona Lisa would be like the biggest girl on OnlyFans, you know. But she, but she's doing, but she's like not into that NFT like uh, digital space. She would oh just my God, make it exactly. fungible. NFTs, dude. She'd totally make herself an NFT. And <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. That, it's probably already out. Like, there, there's probably a couple hundred Mona Lisa NFTs that they don't have the rights to, but they still make a shit ton of money out of it. Uh, anyways, let's not get into that. That uh, would be a whole big thing. And I do have opinions, but I'm not sharing it on this movie podcast. So uh, let's move on um, to the first trailer. It wasn't just a trailer for a singular movie, but for a streaming service. And that was the Disney Plus ad with Aquafina and a whole bunch of goats. Um, so, so like, what did you think of that approach for Disney Plus to um, not show their IP, instead show Aquafina and mammals uh, in costumes? Yeah, I said that. Uh, the Squarespace ad was the peak of art. Yeah, take it back. Yeah, no, I lied. I take right. it back. Ah, uh, it's I, actually had the goat of art, man. <laughs> I don't know if you it's the noticed, goat. but that was like kind of kind of a pun, and like the goat is the greatest of all time. But like in this ad, there's also goats that are dressed up with the costumes from different IP that is owned by Disney. It's really clever if you think about Incredible. it. Incredible. Yeah, don't think about um, it too hard though. But uh, yeah, they did a great job. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> laughable goats it yeah. sells every single department except if you're vegan or against well, animal I, cruelty I, I i don't think dressing up dressing them up in costumes is animal cruelty and are you uh, are you insinuating that we eat the goats after they're yes. filming right well what do you do with goats after you've done shooting them i don't ask the irish they got some ideas i don't know maybe yeah. new zealand for you it's closer no, they they they're they're sheep. They deal with they're sheep. sheep. I mean, goats are a whole ballpark. A, if there's a short supply on sheep, you know, I, I would naturally just go to goats. I feel like that is not too far fetched. I I thought that um, it was an interesting approach to have someone who's might not be as like bankable. I think Aquafina is is a fine choice. She, fine choice. She was in Ray and the Last Dragon last year and Shang Chi, so you know she was in two of the properties. But I feel like, um, I don't know if there was like some controversy that I'm not uh, caught up with what, what, what she was involved in with. Um, I don't I don't even really care. I just thought she, it was an interesting approach to have like a single actor um, just go through a bunch of like an animal zoo. <laughs> and that was their ad. Uh, I guess they're really banking on people knowing, hey, we, we got the IP, so that's good. Um, speaking of that, we got uh, to see a, a shorter trailer for uh, DC's 2022 lineup which um, basically just showed uh, the releases of their uh, three big films, apart from the Batman, which is Black Adam, The Flash, and Aquaman 2. So yeah, Lachlan, um, looking at the lineup from, from DC, is there, apart from the Batman, which of these three are you most keen to, to go see? Uh, Black Adam, The Flash, or Aquaman 2? Uh, Black Adam sounds dope. 
I thought that the trailer looked a bit strange, like a bit um, we are dressing up as superhero characters and then just going around. And it felt really plastic. Uh, Aquaman 2 is just like, you know, fully in the sauce of, we'll just make this weird. And The Flash probably has the most promising story with uh, Keaton returning as the Batman. Um, but they could uh, fumble and actually really deliver on a lackluster film. I feel like that's the has the potential to be like the least rewarding film overall. Um, and it could just refer back to the MCU way of things that what they are doing right now, which is just like a lot of references, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty down for, I think I'm going to say, uh, obviously the Batman, but I would say that uh, I'm gonna I'm still going to go with Black Adam. That is an interesting choice. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really keen on that one because I'm not the biggest fan of uh, The Why? Rock. Because I love but, The Rock. <laughs> of course you do love The Rock, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you didn't you pitch a couple of months ago that you wanted to see a world where we replace every actor with The Rock? Mm -hmm. and he's just and playing with himself slowly happening yeah it's I'm putting slow... the pieces together but it's slowly right. happening <laughs> well i'm looking forward to that and, and he'll also be the president of the united states um yes and it well like he, he will actually become the meme of you know the barack obama one where he hands himself the medal yes i'll actually become that in real life uh, before we move on to the rest of the trailers there's a little uh side story with the announcement of this year's oscar hosts so we are getting them we're getting three and apparently they all are doing a one hour long segment of the show. So I'm like, why the fuck does do the Oscars need to hours? be three hours long? Yeah, ah. I, I already figured it out. It's on a Sunday night. Um, we initially like we I'd love to watch them with you. But with it going into like a Monday morning, uh, we definitely can't uh, watch them live, which sucks. Uh, that it's not like on a, on a better day. I don't know why they do this on Sunday. Why not do it on a Friday or a Saturday? But um. I mean, uh, anyways, uh, but uh, speaking of the Oscar hosts, um, yeah, we are getting Regina Hall, Vanda Skies, and Amy Schumer as the free hosts. Um, so, I mean, it's, I don't know, the hosts usually take, it always feels like the hosts take away from the time that we get to see clips a bit more or like actually something interesting. So I don't know why they are going back to that model when they are constantly like losing people who watch and then you don't get someone who's bigger. Uh, Lachlan, if you could choose, it doesn't have to be free. It could also just be one host. So who who would you pick to host the Oscars? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, yeah, to fulfill his dream. To fulfill his destiny. <laughs> and then we'll kick him out and replace him with The Rock. The day of. <laughs> the day of, he just gets replaced. I think The Rock would also be a safe bet, but I don't know if he's um, as strong an entertainer as Kevin Hart. I feel like Kevin Hart could actually host a pretty decent uh, show. My pick <laughs> would be uh, Kanye West and Pete Davidson. I feel like it would be quite entertaining <laughs> to see those two do anything together at the moment. I don't know if you've been following uh, the the whole stuff on, on Twitter and Instagram or social media stuff from Kanye, but it's been a, a crazy few days. I haven't. I feel like I'm missing out on all of this. Oh, you, you there's a there's there's a ripe bit of memes stemming from it. It, it is quite entertaining to watch because to, to catch you up to speed, uh, I mean you probably know about this, but Kanye West and Kim Kardashian split up, and now Pete Davidson is dating uh, Kim Kardashian, and uh, Kanye is not taking it well. <laughs> And he's, he's lashing out uh, against Pete. Uh, and there was a bunch of under, other encounters. I think Billie Eilish said something about like uh, a fan was like, um, couldn't breathe for a second. Or she she stopped a show, a show and basically said, um, I'll try and keep people safe. And he took that as like, ooh, that's uh, an attack against 
Uh, wait, who was Travis it? Scott? She was firing against uh, Travis Scott with uh, that comment yeah. and back and forth. I think Kit Cuddy got involved in it somehow. He was catching strays. I don't, I don't know. It was just chaotic. I just saw a couple of posts and it's just like, it, it's mainly interesting to see what Kanye puts out there and how unfiltered he just posts shit. Uh, it's it's really funny. And he's also kind of like a boomer on social media. So he posts this stuff and it's just like completely cropped and you can't even see what he wrote. Uh, he, he posted like text messages between Pete Davidson and him where like Man, Pete reached out and was like, oh, I, I don't want to get in the way the of your kids and whatever. His next album is going to be so good. Donda? <laughs> I think I think he, he said like he won't collaborate with certain people. Or, like No, he, he said he won't um, attend like an upcoming concert if Billie Eilish doesn't apologize. I don't, I don't know. Like a bunch of crazy demands that he, that he has though. Donda was a meh album overall yeah. um, because I, I really haven't listened to it since it launched. Um, there's probably a couple good songs in there that I liked, but I wouldn't say it's as good as some of his other work. Um, but I'm talking about the next album. Whatever it's, he's doing next, man, I'm so keen. <laughs> it's interesting because I think it's called Donda 2. So I am, I'm not the biggest oh. fan of that. I, I don't know if that's like a placeholder, but that's just what I saw. Uh, and um, I mean, he, he's posting singles. He just had one that ref like he had one that referenced Pete Davidson like uh, two weeks, three weeks ago. And then earlier this week, he had another one um, <laughs> that also kind of was referencing him again. It is it is super weird uh, what's going on and how directly involved people are. And I'm just questioning his intentions as well. If like, you know, he's just like making himself bigger, uh, putting himself into like the collective mind of people. So when his album releases, it's even bigger than ever before. He's a smart man. He definitely he is a smart man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of smart men. Jordan Peele with his third cinematic outing. Nope. First trailer. Uh, Lachlan. Nope or yep? <laughs> For nope. Yep. Yep. Uh, definitely yep. Uh, what do you think of this first look at the film? Uh, left plenty to the imagination, but sparked my interest like there was no tomorrow. I think it's a really good trailer overall. Yeah, I agree. I would be really happy if we don't get another trailer for this film and it just gets released. It reveals just enough to, to make you understand, okay, I understand this is what the film is going to be about. Uh, at least who the protagonist, antagonist, or you know the creatures, the this this monster spin of it on it, obviously because it's a Jordan Peele film, so there's got to be that spook factor. Mm -hmm. You get the you get the premise of that, but on top of that, you just like what the fuck is going on in this trailer? So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Very keen. It looks awesome. Stellar cast as well. Um, yeah, I'm very very keen to see where this film is gonna land because obviously i feel like get out was massive i didn't mm -hmm. think us got the same reception as what get out did uh, mm -hmm. i'm hoping this is gonna surpass get out because i think this is a, hopefully gonna be a, a dope concept yeah uh and i feel like just visually it's a step up from us and get out which were already like super well shot it just looks mm. amazing and uh, that's probably due to uh, Hoite van Hoitema, I think is his name. Uh, the cinematographer who also did a couple of uh, Nolan's films is doing the upcoming film Oppenheimer and did Interstellar, Dunkirk and Tenet. He also shot her and uh, was the cinematographer for Ad Astra and Spectre. Um, so I feel like on the visual department, we'll have a, uh, a great mind behind the camera. Um, so, so I'm super keen to see this also kind of slowly you know usually earlier in the year you have movies that aren't like summer blockbusters and to see short and peel like move up from get out i think was probably january or february with i mean it's a blumhouse film right 
uh, it moved, mm. and then we got us. I think it was April or May, and now we are getting a July release. Uh, so it's nice to see that he's like moving up when it comes to um, when it comes to directors and actual like uh, you know power at the box office. So I'm super keen for uh, Nope. And speaking of things that are probably gonna do well at the box office, well, we got uh, a trailer for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, slight spoiler warning, because we are getting a character reveal that, you know, if this were Spider-Man, we definitely would have not seen this character. They would have kept it under wraps for a while longer. But we did get a first look at, I guess, the back of the head of Patrick uh, Stewart, who's reprising his role as Professor X, I assume. Or at least we got his voice uh, to hear. I don't know if he's pl playing like the, the exact same character uh, from the Fox produced films. But um, yeah, Lachlan, what did you make of uh, the Doctor Strange trailer? I'm not going to jump to any uh, assumptions of exactly whose voice it was because I want to be surprised. Um, right. But I feel like it was a good enough tease to get people to go and see it. Um, yeah. I think with people who don't know the, the world of uh, Sony versus Marvel, uh, I don't think a lot of people understand that at least pe most people who saw uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, they don't understand that Spider-Man is separate um, mm -hmm. from the main people who make Marvel movies. So people are just going to be like, oh, fuck, it's like Spider-Man, but more. So mm -hmm. you're probably going to have, I'm, I'm thinking Doctor Strange could either A, surpass Spider-Man No Way Home in terms of uh, one, scale, obviously, because it's much bigger. But two, um, I think it's going to get way more fans on it because you're not just getting the fans of the original Spider-Man trilogy. If you've got the original X-Men guys coming back and then once the movie comes out from the like the initial leaks that I've heard about cameos and stuff, people yeah. playing, playing certain uh, characters from certain universes. One of them I heard is like Tom Cruise playing Iron Man in a certain universe, which yeah. would be fucking insane. I'll lose my shit if I get would be. I think they, they were scouting um, him for Iron Man back in the 90s, but he, yeah. he didn't. Uh, yeah, he wasn't interested. If they get this so right, man, this is going to be a killer film. Already because one, it's Sam Rami. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a bit more skeptical as I always am. <laughs> to to balance out uh our dynamic but um i don't know if man like, i could show you a million dollars in my hand and you'd be like i don't know if that's a million dollars i see that every other day skeptical. i'm swiss like what the yeah fuck? okay right we are fucking, fucking rich i don't know no you just have a lot <laughs> of people not. using your bank accounts yes bad people by the way bad people um like me or good people we don't know they could be we, good people in their heart yeah, on the inside aren't we all a little good it's a it's a yeah. dynamic between the good and yeah. the bad and maybe something i don't, in between ca I don't care brain. how you make your money as long as you you know you don't <laughs> It feels like I'm justifying being a horrible person. I think I'm, I think I'm quite decent. I'm also almost broke all the time, so I don't qualify for that if I'm bad or not. Um, but but yeah, uh, Doctor Strange. I feel like the appeal of this next phase was yes, opening it up to the potential of the multiverse to go bigger. Uh, but I also like the more contained stuff that they sometimes do. Although they're not they're not the best at it because they can't refrain. Same goes when we talk about Boba Fett in a second. It's just like connecting it back to a larger story is always going to be the main point. And I feel like a condensed, if it's more a horror film from Sam Raimi, is, is something that he would be able to do. Um, I feel like it's not gonna, at least not gonna be as as hard in leaning into the horror because it's balancing so many references in itself. So I feel like that takes up a lot of the stuff. And I feel like it's, it's kind of ironic that like after Sam Raimi stepped away after the, the third Spider-Man film, um, which he, he wasn't happy with because there were too many characters he needed to include 
he's directing the, the the movie with the most references, the most characters like ever in in a Marvel in a Marvel cinema and cinematic universe. And we had Endgame and Infinity War before. Uh, feel, feels I don't know, bit uh, bit like a dichotomy that that is going to be interesting to see play out on screen. I mean, it could be super hyped that we get references back to older characters but um i was ready to be introduced to a new face to introduce new characters and not new older characters grabbed back into the universe or just referenced to so i don't know i don't know uh, i'll definitely go like oh i know that guy when a potential reed richards from the fantastic four sh uh, film shows up and he's like in an illuminati costume i'll go like oh that's the guy but i don't know if that's like interesting for a story it definitely sells the movie though um so it will definitely be big. Uh, I can't disagree with that. Just not. Maybe not for me. Maybe I'm not the the like, perfect target audience. No, you're not because you absolutely love art house films. And I oh my god. I thought I, I was lying in bed. Like I think yeah. No, it was last night. I was like looking at, at the ceiling. I was like, huh. I really am growing a bigger distaste of like bigger films that don't have My anything God, to say. And I was like, what am I becoming? I am. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't dislike it because I feel like it's it's part of, I guess, consuming a lot of films. You can't always like the big ones. Uh, something that we both have quite anticipated for a while is a first look. Ambulance. I'm yes. waiting for you to do like the build it, the I've been waiting the for so talk long. of Lord of the Rings so I could just cut you off and say ambulance instead. <laughs> Sorry, we'll go. We'll go. We'll do Lord no. of the Rings first. We'll do Lord yes. Of the Rings first. Well, I don't have anything to say to Ambulance. It, it was a really short trailer. It didn't show anything new. We already have seen and talked about Ambulance. Fuck you! It's gonna be the greatest film was, of hey, the year. Hey, what do you want to say about Ambulance no more, huh? Uh, what do you want to talk about it then, Lachlan? What's what's that I don't, to say? I don't. We just wanna. We just I don't wanna... want to talk about it because I don't want to be spoiled by anything. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> think about Ambulance because then my brain's gonna try to think what's gonna happen within the film. So when I go and watch it, everything's gonna, gonna be spoiled it. for me. Yeah. I don't want to ruin oh. my my Michael Bay experience. I, I like I don't put my money aside for like a car or like a house. Like I put my money aside so I can definitely go and watch a Michael Bay movie. Like right, not, not just once, cinemas. not just once, but several just times. Once. Several you watch times. it. You watch it so long until they out. like until they like pick you up by an ambulance yourself because your eyes are just bleeding. And I watched. Was it Songbird? Bird song? Songbird. Songbird. Ooh. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's just like if he if he breathes in the in the vicinity of a movie and just produces it, Lachlan has got to see it. It's a weird obsession. Uh where Michael like, Bacon spit in my general direction. I'll just be like, oh my god, I've been in the presence of a god. <laughs> it's like I asked him, hey yo, you would go out for drinks when we were back in Australia together. I was like, nah, man, I'm super busy like this weekend. I gotta rewatch all of the Michael Bay films. I'm kind of like a bad boy myself, you know. I gotta and he, he's like always wondering if is he gonna circle the characters like once or twice and he has like a spreadsheet keeping up with how many circles there are per movie uh but uh maybe in an upcoming uh deep dive we can we can kind of dissect the work of christopher uh christopher bay i yeah, know <laughs> no michael bay that would be a, a strange crossover to have those two uh do a movie um anyways it's time to move on and actually get to uh, a very anticipated show. The I think it's it probably is yeah the most expensive show ever made with about a billion for its first season. Of course, we're talking about the Lord of the Rings show. And yeah, Lachlan, what did you think? Because the reception has been quite split on it, or mostly negative so far. So what do you think? I wouldn't say that I'm excited for the show. I think that the Lord of the Rings series of movies. Uh, just the main three. We won't talk about The Hobbit. We'll put that into a different category. Uh, the main Lord of the Rings trilogy is like phenomenal. Absolutely mm -hmm. phenomenal. Some of the greatest filmmaking of all time. And now we're going to see... Like there, there has been a challenge set 
to the creators of the show to have something that's I wouldn't say on par, but can stand next to it and still be mm-hmm. considered good, which is yeah. a fucking challenge. I'll give it that. If they can make this TV show not season eight of Game of Thrones, easy, done, you win. I, I feel like only doing season eight of Game of Thrones is hard for a lot of shows already. And You know what they need to do? You know what they need to do? Yeah. They need to make it like season five of Game of Thrones, season five and six, where it's not the worst, not the best, but still some really good memorable moments, um, but still is a bit different from the original. Because I think like the first two seasons are great, but they're very much like cut and copy and paste from the books, where at least season five and six then on their own two feet is this, you know, they weren't terrible seasons, but they were still received quite well because they were like, we're going to go a bit off the rails and do different things. This needs to do the same thing. It shouldn't be a copy and paste of what the original trilogy of Lord of the Rings films look like and were, which they definitely don't have that. I mean, they do have that look, but they don't have that look more of a modern like shot and cameras that shoot in like 17,000 K resolution and it looks fucking like pretty, but it needs to stand on its own two feet. It needs to be a little bit different, but still yeah. not too different that people are going to be disgusted by it. It just I, needs to be that little bit. I feel like um, there's at least going to be an interest with watching the first episode. And a lot of people already have Prime and the business model from Amazon is not to get you to sign on to Prime because there's a certain show that's on, but they have the entire network right of things. With Prime, you get all the other stuff that you get with Prime. Um, I don't know if it's music getting it also, but also just like ordering on Amazon and stuff like that. It's a whole network. So um, they're they just trying to provide a service that you are locked in with. Uh, so I feel like they just spend a shit ton of money and they don't really care where it goes. Uh, if you look at um, a series that they recently did, Wheel of Time, the Wheel of Time, no one's talking about that show. They spend around 500 million on that show, 250 to get the rights, 250 to produce eight episodes of the first season. No one cares. So I don't know if they are like the number or the budget on Lord of the Rings is saying anything about its quality uh, other than Amazon being able to throw around a large sum of money. Um, So I am quite skeptical because from what I saw so far, it looked like people cosplaying as Lord of the Rings characters. And there was like this one scene where she's hanging off the mountain and the performance also wasn't there. Like it it felt like she had no strain in, in holding herself up. It was like... There was nothing there. It all felt really artificial. And I feel like what the original trilogy did so well, and also something that Game of Thrones does well, but on a way smaller budget at the start, of course, uh, at least, um, was keeping it grounded within reality. Uh, in, in like that that um, reality that they established in that world. Uh, and having a lot of like like practical, technical effects that, that worked really well. And now you would just go to CGI on a lot of it. So f- for me, it was like, it just looks super glossy, which isn't what I kind of want to see from a lot of the Rings property. So, uh, so just yeah. a counterpoint, uh, I didn't like her not having a perform. I'm not going to comment on the performances, obviously due to the fact that yeah. we don't know the context of that scene. It is the trailer. Yeah. There's no context. Yeah, so we can't see the performances there. And her not being able to grip onto something. I thought she was an elf. And I mean, Legolas can literally mm. like skip on fucking things. Like there's no tomorrow. So it, there being no strength That's, in it yeah. is me just thinking that she's an elf and she doesn't need to put that strength in it to hold herself up. Um, so I wasn't phased That's by actually that. a really fair point, uh, yeah. That's just, Sorry, yeah. you know, so we can have a bit of drama on the Quiet On Set podcast conversation. So we can no, be like, actually, ah, no, you are actually, wrong about this, Lachlan. Wrong. Wrong. I'm putting, Don't I'm going into my fighting this. stance. You are wrong. Wrong. 
<laughs> one thing I, one thing I will comment on is I didn't think that like as much money as they put into it, I don't think the visual effects are as incredible as I thought they were going to be. Which is fair because well, we are still like six months, half a year removed from the release date. So there's probably still a lot of yeah, stuff no, of that course. is happening. But but yeah, I also thought the same thing for a show that big. Uh, it, it wasn't like something super impressive. And it's also like, you know, you can spend a lot of money on creature design and whatever, but that doesn't make the story engaging. Mm. If you just have a lot of like expensive background work and interactive fight scenes, if, if it's just, if you don't connect with it, it's still going to be a flop. But uh, Wait, 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 wait. There's a behind the scenes thing I'm looking at right now. All that liquid pouring is practical. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, there was the opening, the opening wow. seemingly animation yeah. for the show is done practically. Cool. Like most of it, I mean, obviously the smoke at the end, uh, Corridor Digital did a uh, episode on it. It's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, they did most of it uh, without any effects. Yeah. Just on a, so on a motion controlled uh, camera. And just doing uh, it over and over again. Uh, what's it called? CGI as I thought. Yeah, I know, but it also feels like they are doing it for a reason that they could say, oh yeah, this is shot all practically and just composite it in later on. It definitely is a marketing thing to go like this mm. opening scene is all practical, um, which is, which is I think, is, is a good call to make because people who are actual fans of The Lord of the Rings know how, you know, if you've seen the behind the scenes from there, like how a lot of this is just like it's physics and camera perspective. Uh, so yeah, it's it's probably pretty appreciated. I'm assuming by that, that Weta has no involvement in the new series. Weta, what? Who? Weta. Oh, what? Weta. Weta. You know Weta? The weather that's sometimes cloudy and then sometimes. No, no, Weta, as in the fucking like visual effects studio in New Zealand. That's Peter Jackson's visual effects studio. Oh, looks like they are involved. Hmm. That's probably a shit ton Nothing of Nothing is officially announced, involved. and Amazon runs a very tight ship when it comes to NDAs and long-standing relationship with the photo folks. Complicating players, so what a digital community, so what a digital audience are now. Okay. Hey, look, if wet is involved, uh, I'm not too afraid of the visual effects because, you know, they're probably going to try to work their ass off to do visual effects. Depends if the crunch comes down from Amazon or not. But anyway. Yeah. Eno enough said about, you know. Enough this, about uh, Lord of the Rings. Very yeah. cheap TV show to make. <laughs> This is literally just Bezos, like, he, he paid a bunch of million dollars just to have, like, a Lord of the Rings reenactment for himself. <laughs> Who would Jeff Bezos play in the Lord of the Rings series? Like, what type? Would he just be a human? Or I feel like he's already is super strong because he's bald. He has a lot of energy from there. Um, who would Jeff Bezos play in Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Um, uh, oh, that's a good question. I feel like he, he would be some centaur, uh, like half goat, half, uh, person. Um, and he would just like be at the top of the tower as like, you know, I'm the tallest, I'm the, I'm the biggest. And then he just waits for Leonardo DiCaprio to show up so he can push him up the mountain. Nah, he's definitely Sauron. Sauron? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That does make a lot of sense. And he's he's All right. <laughs> Did you see did you see that Alexa ad uh, at the Super Bowl? Probably not, where they like basically insinuated that Alexa knows all of your thoughts so it was like a bit that was uh with scarlett johansson about like you know someone's breath stinks and he's he's ordering a mint and shit like that and it was it was an ad for alexa for the amazon docking things and <laughs> i don't know a lot of the like super bowl trailers were, were straight out of a um out of out of a black mirror episode to be <laughs> it was like Jesus why would Christ. you want to advertise it like this like oh, technology is getting so good it can read your minds we actually know you better than 
you know yourself. It's like, that's a comforting thought. I like that. I'm terrified. Yeah. And uh, this is somewhat a movie adjacent. There was also uh, a, a the relaunch of, of MoviePass, which is the only US thing. But the only interesting stuff that I took away from it is that, you know, it used to be this really underpriced stuff where for just five bucks, uh, you could just basically see unlimited movies. Or like it was, it was something like unfeasibly low and it just didn't work out. They went bankrupt. They're relaunching it. The guy's pitching it uh, as in you can get credits by watching ads and they're watching you watch it. So the, the camera's turned on, they look at you and when you look away, the, the, the ad pauses, which is literally a Black Mirror episode, the one with Daniel Kaluuya. So... <laughs> Dope. It's, it's Can't wait. Great. I'm Welcome looking to the forward to the future. The, the thing is, if this works, if this works, other companies are going to follow suit. And that is the scary thing because, like, who gives a fuck about Movie Pass? But yeah. Uh, anyways, um, there's a couple more trailers. We will just mention them uh, and just give you a quick uh, shout out uh, to, to go check them out yourself. Uh, there was a trailer for Windfall uh, with Jason Siegel. Um, Emily in a home invasion. I'm blanking on her name right now. And Jesse Plemons. And yeah, they get home invaded. Jason Siegel is like coming in and it's like, I want stuff and you're a bad person. And the other two are like, what? Uh, so it's like a drama set within one place. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting um, film. And then we also got Fresh, uh, which I caught back at Sundance uh, with Sebastian Stan. Uh, in a seemingly rom-com, uh, like on, I, I want to talk about that trailer though because I think it's actually selling the movie quite decently for what it is. It's actually a pretty good trailer. I was very like impressed by it. If I'm totally honest, like it, yeah. it looks very good. Mm -hmm. It's um, it was one of my highlights. I think it was probably the most entertaining film out of Sundance. We'll definitely talk about it because it's coming to streaming in less than a month. Uh, I think it's over on Hulu. Really? Yeah, so we will be checking that out, uh, giving it a proper review. I'm super looking forward to it. Uh, it has one of my, uh, like, the lead from it. Um, she was in Normal People, and I recently just finished that book the other day, uh, the, 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 like, um, the, the novel it's based on, and then there's a limited series with it. Absolutely adore it. Uh, so Daisy Atka Jones is amazing. And uh, we get Sebastian Stan in a very interesting role. I'm a Sebastian uh, Stan Stan. Stan Stan. Um, stand yeah. still for the Sebastian Stan Stan. No, it, it's it's definitely a, a film that I can recommend to a lot of people. And don't look up uh, don't look up uh, what it's about. I feel like the oh, trailer gives you a perfect dose. Yeah, about, I, I realized when I said don't look up that I just said a title of it. And I was like, why are you was referencing like, don't look up? Weird. But I feel like watching this trailer gives you the perfect dose of what this movie is. It's really high energy. It has a lot of different stuff going on. And it's kind of ambiguous as to where it's going. So I wouldn't look up any more about it and just go in kind of fresh. And uh, you'll have the best time. With it, I'm super looking forward to talking about this one with you in a couple of weeks, Lachlan. And then finally, we got a trailer for Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, which is a kind of a mash of an older and a newer animation style uh, with the Chip and Dale characters. I honestly got to say, I, I haven't seen... Was it a show before or was it just movies? I, I haven't seen any of it. So I don't know if you are better authority on um, yeah, what, how this looks. I am a Chip and Dale unknowledgeable person. I have no <laughs> idea. That's perfect. So let's talk about it for 10 minutes and actually give a very sincere... I thought it was literally just characters. I thought it was literally just characters from like an old animated uh, movie, but guess not. Knock off chipmunks. 
Um, yeah, it's it, it blends like the 3D animation model with the older 2D one, um, which sounds intriguing in its concept, but maybe not by. I mean, I mean, you need a bigger animation studio to do that type of animation because it's super expensive. But I don't know if if that in itself kind of works. Apart from, hey, look, we look different and we interact with stuff differently. Yeah, I feel like this is probably not our target audience, and it's more targeted at a younger audience. Kind of banking on getting uh, the kids of people who enjoyed the original Chip and Dale series or films uh, back into the cinema seats. And I don't really have any thoughts on it. So <laughs> let's move on um, to the new releases of the week. And on Wednesday, February 16th, we are getting part one of the free pod uh, documentary series about Kanye called Genius. Um, part one is streaming now on Netflix. And then on Friday, February 18th, we are getting the long-awaited and definitely, definitely going to be a great movie overall and stuff. Uh, yeah, we're getting Uncharted with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg uh, based on Lachlan's favorite video game series of all time. So I'm sure he's not going to be disappointed by it. Uh, we'll talk about that next week, as well as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that's also streaming like genius over on Netflix. Then we are getting Dog uh, with Channing Tatum and a dog. Uh, we are getting pursued. We talked. We talked about it a couple times on uh, Roll It Again about John Cusack's career being well dead. You know, rest in peace, John Cusack. But uh, the joke is on us. He actually has a new movie coming out that's called Pursuit. Yep. So uh, yeah, action movie. I think I think he's the bad guy in this. I don't know. <laughs> It looked it looked super trashy, but I just thought it was funny to give that a shout out. That's coming out in limited release over in the U.S. And then we got uh, <laughs> Sneakerella. Uh, so, <laughs> like I don't know if you caught the trailer for this one. Uh, it wasn't on my radar before, but it's a Disney Plus release, and um, it's, it's about a guy who makes sneakers. And it's like there's there's a sneaker royal family. Or I I, I don't know. It, it's super goofy. <laughs> I I don't know. From the trailer, I just kind of want to check it out just to see uh, how crazy it gets. It's it's obviously targeted at a younger audience, um, so you can't be too harsh on it, I guess. But um, yeah, it looked kind of funny to me. I don't know if you had any thoughts on it. Um, uh, I didn't know this existed until now. So um, <laughs> yeah, me neither. I was like Sneakerella. What the fuck is this? Now giving me a movie that I can recommend to all of my sneakerhead friends. So I I cannot wait to just tell them about this film. They watch it and they think of me and then they hate me and they're never going to take my movie recommendations again because I'm pretty good with my movie recommendations sometimes. I'm never recommending this film. It's not coming out of my mouth after this podcast. How could you? I mean, Disney Plus has had such a strong outing. No, wait, there was Amazon with the uh, Camilla Cabello remake of, what's that, Cinderella as well? I, I can't remember which one it was. Um, anyways, yeah, Sneakerella is also out this Friday. And then last but not least, uh, Strawberry Mansion out in limited release as well. Uh, I caught this back at Sundance in 2022. It's it's a very strange and weird indie film um, that kind of uses its setting. Um, I feel like I want to read the logline for this one because I think it's super interesting in its concept. I thought it was kind of... I was landing in the middle somewhere for its execution and actually working. But um, the synopsis reads, In the not-too-distant future, an all-seeing surveillance state conducts dream audits to collect taxes on the unconscious lives of the populace. 
Mild-mannered government agent James Preble travels to a remote farmhouse to audit the dreams of Arabella, Isadora, an eccentric aging artist. Entering Bella's vast VHS archive, which contains a lifetime of dreams, Preble stumbles upon a secret that offers him a chance at love and hope for escape. So, yeah, reads really crazy, and the movie is also pretty crazy. It has some interesting visuals, uh, so go check Sounds that like one my out as well. Kind of film. It, it does sound like your kind of film, but I think it doesn't lean into the craziness too much. But it's it's very out there with how it frames stuff. So um, I, I feel like you are going to like this one. So uh, definitely keep it on your radar. And then last but actually least, I actually forgot about this one before because I didn't want to talk about it. But uh, there's a British production called The Last Bus, which I saw uh, back at the Zurich Film Festival. Um, it ruined the, the rest of my day there where I saw it because it's this very boring drama about an old guy getting on a bus and then traveling the worlds and people like he becomes this social media phenomenon in, in the fakest way possible. Uh, people film him doing like reasonable, normal things and just people go crazy about it. Uh, so it's this very forced uh narrative about some kind of moral about like being free and actually accepting everyone i don't know it, it wasn't at all made for me i feel like it's for a 50 plus crowd that likes to pat themselves on the shoulder it's like yeah yeah he's a good person just like me and i don't know so avoid that one i don't know if a lot of people were actually interested in it because it's led by a pretty old guy but yeah luckily let's move away from the news and get to what we've been watching So yeah, I have been up to quite a bit, watched quite a few films. Um, if you want to hear my in-depth thoughts about each one of them, uh, you can check out the You and Graf podcast. I'll just quickly run you through what I've watched. And if you want to hear more of my thoughts, then go check out that podcast. Uh, I watched the new Steven Soderbergh film, uh, Kimmy, streaming on HBO Max. I was actually a very pleasant surprise to anyone who's seen movies about audio like uh, the conversation from uh, Coppola or Blowout by De Palma. Um, really in the same vein of that, but more modern. Really enjoyed this one. It was a surprise hit for me. Uh, I think a lot of people are not really connecting with it, but I saw a bunch of critics actually liking it quite a bit. So that gives me hope that hopefully more people are going to check it out. It's also a very breeze watch. I think it's about 90 minutes long and it's it really just uh, flies by. Uh, then I watched Jackass Forever, a movie I would have loved to watch with you in the cinema, Lachlan, because it is quite crazy. Uh, if you think there's a lot of dicks in Euphoria, well then watch Jackass Forever and get back to me on that. Uh, crazy film of stuff, a lot of stuff that I would never do. Uh, super entertaining and yeah, I, I had a really good time watching Jackass Forever. I feel like you just got to get a group of mates together and <laughs> jug a few beers and, and um, enjoy just mayhem being put on screen. Then I watched <laughs> Long Anticipated Tall Girl 2. I, I, I think, look, if, if you want to make fun of a movie and kind of hate watch a film, go watch Tall Girl 2. It is, it is abysmal. It is so bad, but it's actually kind of fun. Um, if you you if you know what you're in for, then I watched uh, "Marry Me," a film with Owen Wilson and uh, Jennifer Lopez uh, about two middle-aged uh, people behaving like 20-year-olds, and it's like this weird story of her being the superstar that uh, just marries 
him on the spot and then it goes with the, like the publicity and the live of a superstar it, it's very self-indulgent and i hated it kind of i really didn't like this one i thought it was pretty bad uh overall and um also kind of thought the same of death on the nile it was super disappointing to see that film although i didn't really have a lot of expectations going in because uh, in because of what the murder on the orient express was kind of decent and i'm not the biggest fan of kind of brana uh this murder mystery was actually supposed to be the film that we talk about today uh, instead of Kingsman, but we decided to not do that because there's not enough kind of to talk about it. I thought it was just really mediocre. And uh, if you like this type of genre, just wait a couple more months for Knives Out 2 or give that a rewatch. I feel like that's going to fill the need for any good murder mystery. And then uh, last but not least, I watched I Want You Back, which was another rom-com uh, with Jenny Slate and uh, Charlie Day. Uh, I've been recently watching through the... <laughs> 15 15 yeah the 15 seasons of it's always sunny in philadelphia um actually I'll, I'll give you an update on that once i'm done with the entire show but i'm i'm in a i'm in a charlie day high at the moment and this was actually quite pleasant i feel like their energies match although it's a very predictable quite toxic rom-com where it's about like them being broken up with separately and then they try to break up each other's ex with the new partner that they have and then it's the rom-com thing of huh well they won't they because now now they have a construction so it's very formulaic and you can kind of guess where how it ends um but it still has a lot of funny moments in between um and then yeah Lachlan and I both caught uh the book of Boba Fett so Lachlan what did you think about the show so far having not seen the final episode yet honestly if you want to spoil the season finale my my thoughts aren't overall positive for yeah uh uh, Book of Boba Fett. I just didn't think it was cohesive enough. It just wasn't put together as nicely as I wanted. I thought everyone did a phenomenal job um, performance-wise. I thought the, the show's style was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think the story flowed well enough. They were just trying to tell yeah. too many stories at once and then obviously the story just beelines halfway through the season and becomes a Mandalorian episode. Keep Mando mm-hmm. out. You don't need to have Mando in there. We're watching it for Boba Fett. I, I just don't need to see Mando in this series. And because they brought him in, it kind of made me a little bit mad. I wanted to leave the whole Mando, Baby Yoda, Luke Skywalker thing in Mandalorian mm-hmm. Season 3, right? I'm happy yeah. to watch that in Mandalorian Season 3. But now I'm watching it in Book of Boba Fett and I have less time getting Boba Fett to be more of a badass because that's what I was hoping. I thought it was just, I was hoping it was yeah. just going to be a season of badassness from Boba Fett. And it wasn't. And that's, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah. I feel like Mando is filling in that role. Like people were aching for Boba Fett to return as this badass that they wanted to see on screen. Mando filled that role and now they, I think they just didn't want to redo the same thing that they did with the Mandalorian and Boba Fett. So they gave him like this backstory and then they just kind of sidetracked that because I feel like starting off season three, kind of undoing what they did at at the end of season two with like uh, Grogu going off to to go uh, to see Luke. I think it's easing us into Grogu choosing to go back to the man, uh, to Mando. Um, because if he did that at the start of season three, I think people would be okay with it, but it would be like a really um, fast transition going back to it. And I think they're more concerned about the overarching story. So that's why they put it in. At least that's, I think that's the reasoning. It doesn't make sense in the narrative overall. I, I completely agree. It is very, um, it's very disconnected overall where... Boba Fett's story is so boring, if you think about it. He's just on this planet trying to rule it, and most of it is backstory. Backstory doesn't really lead anywhere besides that one betrayal later on, 
Um, and yeah, I guess slight spoilers for the last episode, but it's basically just a really prolonged battle where like Grogu comes in as well and does a bit of fighting. Um, and that, that's pretty much Grogu it. Grogu comes so in and fights. He he does a he does a bit of fighting. He he uses the stuff that he's he's learned uh, with right. Luke. Um, but it, like there's there's not much to spoil. I guess maybe who who gets injured, who dies. But I won't do does that. that. Mean, does that mean Grogu chooses not to go with the training? Oh, I f I forgot that that wasn't at the end of the. Um, but yeah, that's that's right, where okay. the series ends up. He is back with Mando. Yeah, sorry. I guess my whole spiel didn't really make sense if I don't say that like he's going back to Mando. Uh, so it, right. it was a one-off thing with Luke, which I, I gotta say, at least like effects wise, speaking of the tech stuff, it's way better. Uh, the weird it's thing phenomenal. now is that they have the, uh, AI generated voice of Luke Skywalker, uh, of not, sorry, not of Luke Skywalker, but of, um, Mark Hamill. Oh, Mark Hamill. Uh, they are using like a AI generated, uh, Mark Hamill voice. Are they? That's, like sampled from old, old clips of his. Oh, that's uh, so, weird. so that's, yeah, it's, it's not a performer who does it. Um, it really, there was no one reading the lines. They were just like doing them digitally, which I thought was, was probably the weirdest part of the performance. Um, overall, I kind of noticed that as well. And that's why I, I, uh, was like looking up if what's up with the voice, but visually it looks way better, especially from a bit further away. Um, like that, his first appearance at the end of the second season was pretty bad. Um, so yeah, it was definitely worth. I think they hired the guy who did like a YouTube version, didn't doing them doing it better than they did in the show, and I think they hired him. So <laughs> props to that guy <laughs> making it a bit more uh, seamless. Um, but yeah, that's just unfortunately there's not a lot to say about Boba Fett because we don't get much from Boba Fett. Uh, there was a lot of wise. awesome moments, like great moments. Oh, like like for me, I think the whole like as much as I didn't like Mandalorian storyline, I thought the whole like uh, Naboo Starfighter like that was awesome because yeah. it was like bringing a bit of the old and the new together. Um, even though the whole old and the new should have been fucking Boba Fett and the new Star Wars star, I would have loved that. I would have loved like okay, so having uh, Cad Bane come in, right? He should mm -hmm. have been the big bad from episode yeah. one. Should yeah. have been the bad guy from episode it's one. It's very much a Hawkeye thing, you know, with King yeah. coming in at coming the very end. Coming in at the end. Yeah. It should have been him at the start and it should have been Boba Fett and it should have been a super duper Western style series. Yeah. Set in like, like, you know, that like when they're in that, um, uh, that town, is it, is it, uh, it's not Moss. Oh, Freetown, Freetown. Freetown, I think they yeah, renamed yeah. it. Free, Freetown, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you have um, the sheriff, essentially, from Freetown. And oh, yeah. the introduce, the introduction <laughs> of Cad Bane. Uh, mm -hmm. Like that there, that little standoff that they have. Oh, dope. That's a very good scene, yeah. I it's feel a like very it good was scene. probably my, my favorite scene from the entire show. I, I got to say. If they could have a, the Western yeah, style, which is definitely what Star Wars is inspired a bit by, uh, be the whole show, have this badass bounty hunter Cad Bane go off this retired bounty hunter Boba Fett who's trying to set up a proper life for himself on this planet as the new Jabba the Hutt, essentially, but better. Fuck yeah, man. I'm totally going to see that. I don't want to see this fucking, like, going after the, the mayor and then cutting to, like, Mando. Like, you could have the Mandalorian in, like, a, like, I need help, so I'm going to get, like, people that come back and, like, help me out, right? I'm happy to see that. Mm. That's fine if you get Mando back for, say, the last couple, couple ep like, episodes just as a small thing. But to mm. have Mando be the main character for basically two episodes of the 
six or seven there is. You've basically just said, hey, here's Mandalorian season two and a half mixed in with Boba Fett, which is half a season. So it's not a a cohesive story. And that's the unfortunate thing that we wanted a story of Boba Fett. You don't get that. So yeah, fucking hell. Yeah, it's it's very much a world building for Star Wars as as like a collective series. But then I think they would have to preface it like Star Wars, the book of Boba Fett. I think that would already be better. And then you clarify it. Because like if you read the original synopsis and the series description, it doesn't mention Mando anywhere. It's just like it's way more contains uh, contained and then... I think they stray away from it because they have it set up in the first few episodes of like it working. And I also got to say, I'm really not a fan of um, Rodriguez and his, his, I mean, it's his show, right? But I'm not a fan of his visual style. I'm not a fan of how he does dialogue and how he shoots it. I really wasn't a fan of the overall show. I got to say, it's, a, it, to me, it was kind of bad. Like also the stuff that, that came before Mando came in, I thought it was just uh not good TV. <laughs> a big disappointment overall um, for me. Not that I was really anticipating much because I feel like the staple show is The Mandalorian. Um, but I, now I'm just going into the Ahsoka show thinking, okay, it's going to be a lot of like Mando as well. I just hope that uh, they can't do that because the time periods don't cross over, but it's not um, the same with uh, with the Obi-Wan show. No, wait, is it actually in the same time period or when does the Obi-Wan show take place? I'm pretty sure the Obi-Wan show is... Probably like a like a couple years after. Uh, um, no, wait, wait. This takes place after episode six, and I think in the Obi Wan show we will get to see uh, Haydenson back as as Vader or as Anakin. Yeah, I think they did so announce that, it, so it, it has take to take place, place before after Revenge of the Sith, and um, yeah, after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it would take place after the Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, it would kind of fill in that. So it wouldn't have any of those characters crossover. How dope would it be if um, Solo makes an appearance in (laughs) Obi-Wan? Like, um, what's his name? Uh, Alden uh, Enderich? Is his name? Oh, I think with Alden, you are on the right thing. Um, Yeah, or Childish Gambino. (laughs) So Obi-Wan will take place after Revenge of the Sith and obviously um, pre-A New Hope. Uh, but how, how late into that, obviously, or how, how, where in that time period? Um, not sure. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm quite hopeful still for Obi-Wan just because I think that Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor is a staple of quality, at least from his performance. Um, not that they would save like the prequel films that they were just saved by his, his graciousness, but, um. At least I think he wouldn't return if the movie was super shit. Uh, I feel like he does have a bit of integrity. So I I hold on to that belief that uh, that will actually be a pretty solid show. Keeping my fingers crossed. And um, yeah, that's our thoughts on that series at large. I, f- I think I would give it like, dude, like a 4 out of 10 or a 5 out of 10. I really didn't like 19 the show years. I'm just looking at a quick thing from yeah. the screen rant. 19 years between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yeah, there's a big time period. I think w- what is in between the Another Clone Wars was in between the episode 2 and Rogue 3. Rogue 1. Uh, yeah, that's Rogue 1, but that's just a setup for A New Hope. And then Solo is somewhere right after episode 3. So yeah. I'm looking through this list of things. Obi-Wan, Darth Maul rematch. Keen. I'm keen. Ooh, that would be sick. Uh, So yeah, the Obi-Wan show, we won't have to wait for that much longer. It comes out on May 25th at least with its first episode. Um, so, so yeah, we'll definitely be keen and uh, we'll, we'll have a serious review once that one wraps as well. Uh, but let's move on 
to Matthew Vaughn's third outing in the Kingsman franchise with the Kingsman. We are the first independent intelligence agency. Refined but brutal. Civilized but merciless. Welcome to the club. Very clever. It's time to pour fuel on the fire <laughs> of revolution. Yes, my shepherd. Welcome, Englishman. Rasputin, your reputation precedes you. As a collection of history's worst tyrants and criminal masterminds gathered to plot a war to wipe out millions, one man must race against time to stop them. We also got a tagline for the film, which says, Witness the bloody origin, which wow. is in uh, improper uh, British fashion. Um, yeah, so that's The Kingsman uh, coming in with a pretty mediocre rating of 3 on Letterboxd, a 6.5 on IMDb and a 44 on Metacritic, quite low. Uh, reception hasn't been great and also its box office hasn't been great uh, with a budget of about 100 million. It has only grossed about 120 million at the box office, although it has been out on VOD for quite some time, so maybe it can make back... Uh, that loss that they had uh, there uh, generally rule of thumb about double the budget to uh, make back what the movie actually costs, including the cuts from theaters and uh, marketing and all of that. But yeah, that's The Kingsman. And uh, being the third film in this series, Lachlan, uh, how, how did you like it? Did you like it more than the other two? Uh, where does it land? You'd think if they did three, they'd kind of get the style down pat and they would have something cohesive. Uh, yeah. Overall, this film is a bit of a mess and I don't think it flows incredibly well. It's definitely got a massive writing issue in my eyes. I think some of the dialogue, yeah. even though I think that fucking Ralphie boy can act like there's no tomorrow, oh, uh, he can't be, you know, he, he can't get around shit dialogue. So my biggest issue with this film obviously stems from the writing standpoint. I still think in my eyes, Kingsman uh, as a series has got some very good visual flair, but as I said just before, it's not the same. They've never been able to outdo that one fucking church scene. That church yeah. scene was one of the greatest action sequences put on screen and they can't seem to nail something that cool. Little asterisk there. I'll get to like one of the best fight scenes in a minute, like what I mm. thought was out of this film, because I think you'll be surprised which one I think is the best fight scene. Um, oh, yeah, I'm keen to find uh, out. You might not be surprised. I, I thought it was pretty obvious which one's the best one. But anyway, as I said, it's it's always yeah. I've always been visually impressed as someone who, who just anyone who puts good cinematography on the screen, I'm just like, fuck yeah, dope, right? Mm -hmm. We're both very visual learners and visual lovers and i mean we're doing a fucking podcast about movies not a podcast about music so obviously uh, we care i about want to start one stuff. about audiobooks i'm done okay yeah yeah i want to yeah. start a podcast about podcast oh my god i've just thought of something <laughs> dude that oh fuck yeah, yeah. There, there, there is one there's dude. a really shitty podcast who just oh, reviews other podcasts oh it's, really it's very it's a very bad one Oh, but, but yeah. i thought i was under something no no it's a, it's a bunch of really like incel like uh people who appear to really be into that reddit type of humor from 10 years uh, ago really misogynistic and they review a lot of uh other podcasts are you on that like podcast five then? <laughs> 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 
Mm. No, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a Swiss rich and an evil person. Oh, yeah, I'm not also course, misogynistic. Course, yes, 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 I, yes, I have yes. my, you know, I have my character tree, and I've selected three traits. Mm -hmm. Misogynist wasn't on that one, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Maybe next time. But art house <laughs> film level was mm, weird. Yes. Anyway, level um, ninety nine. Uh, yeah. No, look, as I said, visually pleasing. Uh, some good music in it as well. Uh, mm. but. It definitely stems, the root of the problem is coming from the script and the, probably the writing of it all. So yeah. I will leave it at that. What do you think? I would agree with you, but I, I think <gasps> it had me going, um, like liking it, enjoying my time with it until like the half, no, a bit past the halfway point because I a moment that we'll get into when we talk about spoilers resonated uh, quite well with me. I think it was definitely not the writing. It was the performance from Ralph Fiennes. He was amazing in it. Although you are right. The script is not giving him much. I also wasn't the biggest fan of the sweeping like camera motions. It felt more like a gimmick than it like than it ever did before. I feel like they had it quite down in the first one. Got a bit worse in the second one. And it, it's really, really now it's become like... It, it feels like it's a, it's a camera on ADHD just zooming in constantly. And you become super aware of uh, of the effects. Uh, there's this like one with a helicopter flying thing with a parachute. It, 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 it looks so bad. Um, that so, yeah. was one of the worst shots in the film that parachuting like <laughs> right. so for me i thought the, the film like i was pretty much engaged with the film the majority of the time up until the point of that last attack like the that yeah. whole last part super boring but going before that mm. like in terms of the cinematography i think any of the like what i would classify as like a like a portrait shot of a, a particular character centered framed is like all of them look really fucking mint. Like yeah, a lot yeah. of just mm -hmm. like at the dinner table or at the table where you have like Charles Dance or you have Ralph. Um, that they have you have them there, and it just looks good. Like the lighting's mm -hmm. right, there's center frame, there's stuff going on maybe left and right that you can keep your eyes onto. But the majority of the shots that just involve a character center frame and it keeps that attention, they all look really good. Like I've always, I I just thought that like that's one particular shot that's stuck out like throughout mm -hmm. this film. Um, but I fucking agree with you. That goddamn parachuting scene is a fucking <laughs> terrible CGI mess. Yeah. Um, I feel like in the action scenes, the camera movement is justified. Um, especially, I think there's like three big ones. Um, I, we can get into those in, in just a second. I was just wondering before we do that, you know, uh, is there like a favorite Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn, <laughs> Matthew Vaughn film that you have? Uh, <laughs> He he did uh, the first Kickass film. He did X Men First Class, and of course the the Kingsman films. Um, Vince so, so which did one all of those? those wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, favorite Matthew Vaughn film uh, for me is the first Kingsman. I thought they, that was just uh, right. nail it. No, they nailed it on the fucking bag. Like they just yeah. bagged it. They they did a good job. I don't know what phrase I want to use. I was going to say nail on the cross, <laughs> and then I said bagged it, but they decided to nail it in the bag. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really enjoy X Men First Class. <laughs> that much and as much as i enjoy kick ass i thought the action was just nailed in kingsman and as i yeah. said like mm -hmm. they can't like they just can't get past how good that church fight scene is in the original kingsman film that there oh, yeah. action masterclass that on itself i think is one of the like would be one of the best short films just like super entertaining it has like oh, a yeah. big beginning and end uh it's just mayhem and i'll quickly say mine because i think the the church scene is kind of a good jumping off point to go into spoilers. Uh, for me, I think it would be uh, X-Men First Class. I feel 
like apart from after that, all the prequel films in that franchise, apart from maybe Days of Future Past, to like connects them both, is like a quite weak lineup for the rest of X Men. Um, I thought that First Class was kind of a bright light shining, uh, in in the rest of it, uh, compared to the the rest of uh those films in that franchise. Um, so so yeah, that would be my favorite. Uh, although Kingsman is is a very close second. Um, but yeah, the church scene I think is a, a great example of the combination of really great action being connected to an emotional moment. I feel like all three of the Kingsman films have that moment where you're just like, oh fuck, that just happened. Uh, in the first one, it is um, Colin uh, Firth just being shot in the head, dead kind of called back to in the third one where the son um blanking on his name at the moment because he's such Conrad? an insignificant Conrad exactly I thought that maybe are they making him Conrad because Comrade is so close to the Soviet Union I was like oh, are they playing mm. with something that was probably not it's just a German name and then in the second one you have that scene with Merlin where he sings country rules explode my face and that also was an emotional moment for me it was like I was like taken aback. So, oh, that hit. I thought that was the most solid scene. After uh, he died and Ralph Fiennes' character gets the news, he just breaks down and he can see, dude, this guy can act. He can act. Damn, he's really good at it. The next few scenes that preceded it was like, oh no, why, 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 why? Give him a, give him a better movie, please. Do you feel like they, they put those scenes in and they're quite formulaic or do they work for you? Uh, were you feeling anything when Conrad died? Were you surprised? Yes, because it just came from, in my opinion, some of the best parts of the film. <laughs> like, yeah, to get into it, that whole scene, I really liked. That was mm -hmm. a fucking very quick ending to that scene, yeah. which I was kind of blown away by. And then it to then cut to, uh, I don't even know who Ralph plays. How Ralph plays in this film. <laughs> he is, he is the king's man. <laughs> Because all I know him as uh, Sir? No, not Sir. What do they call him? Orlando <laughs> Oxford. What? Did they even That's say not his, his name, name in that movie? I, they ever call him Orlando? They probably do. I would have but laughed it's like... if I just if I realized his name was Orlando Oxford. Okay, okay. See, I know Grigory Rasputin because they say Grigory, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's a dope name." When Conrad dies, and then it cuts back to Orlando. Uh, <laughs> geez, Orlando. That's a name funny name for it. That's a yeah. weird name for a British man. Yeah, right. Well, it's maybe just because you think Orlando Bloom. Straight away. Well, no, I'm thinking Orlando is well, in the place Orlando, Florida. Well, mm, I would say Orlando, Orlando Bloom is more significant. I can just picture him. Wait, no, name? I was about to say Orlando Bloom is in Lord of the Rings. Is that no? That's not him. He's in Pirates of the Caribbean, right? I guess Orlando is a British name. Anyway, um, he's also in Pirates of the Caribbean, but uh, Caribbean is how you actually pronounce it, Ewan. Um, Caribbean. <laughs> Caribbean. Do you not say you say Caribbean? Uh, as this was this was a a point of con contention for me for the longest time, where I thought it was a Caribbean, but then everyone said Caribbean, so I was like, okay, that's how you properly say it. I'm an idiot, and now you're telling me it's no, it's you're a fucking idiot. Caribbean, the Caribbean, so much fun. Jesus Pirates Christ. of the Caribbean sounds way Caribbean. cooler. It does sound way cooler. That's what I said when I was five. Caribbean? Caribbean yeah. or Caribbean? Well, it sounds like a Caribbean, a Carabiner, which I don't not is not even a word, but it is a Carabiner is a word. It Carabiner is, is, is a word. It, yeah. The the thing to lock the in. The thing that lock yeah, climbing. climbers. Okay, I wasn't sure if that's like if that translate because when I said it it didn't come out. Right. What does it mean in German? Uh it's the same thing. It's just Carabiner. So it just sounds more like someone's like grinding something, the way I say it. 
Carabinara. Okay. Don't Anyways, moving on. I feel like we should have a segment where I introduce you to a word and a make word, you pronounce and I've got it to try in. to pronounce it and guess what it means. Yeah, and also try to not be uh just go into a default um Hitler impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I failed this week. Let's check back next week. Maybe we'll get better. <laughs> Sounds like a very problematic segment, but definitely. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Kingsman. Kingsman. Um, yeah. Uh, wait, let's talk about the best fight scene. So you really okay, liked cool. the, the, the front, right? That yes. Whole, whole bit. Man, when it, like, okay. Men, I need one. Okay, the lead up to it, right? He joins yep. He joins the army, then tricks this dude. Not tricks this dude, but swaps with this dude. He's probably shitting himself. He wants to sacrifice himself, essentially, for his country. Or fight for his country. Gas. Cool, yeah. right? Dope. Awesome. Mm. Gets to the front. I need a man. I need six men to come with me to retrieve that dude who just got his whole body blown up. Okay, mm. cool. He steps forward. Fuck yeah, he does. He's brave. He's a very brave man. That's cool. Then those five other guys are probably mad at him because he stepped up and then they got picked. <laughs> they leave it that night and they're and yeah. they're moving very quietly. And then they see another squad appear who I guess are trying to do the same thing. If not, maybe just trying to get to the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? They probably retreat. Yeah, they're probably there for the same thing to get back. The, the mutual the agreement to not shoot, not fire their weapons, but to because they both know as soon as someone fires a weapon, both sides don't care who the fuck's on that field they are just going to light that motherfucker up but for them yeah. to put down their guns pull out knives fuck yeah that is dope you can't yeah. tell me that's not cool because no, it was it's a very cool one scene. a very ma man manly thing to do i guess because obviously it's like manners maketh men or whatever it's yeah. a very badass thing to do and then the fights itself while yes dark and you can't see that much the camera has natural movement because obviously it's following the movement of the 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 uh, people fighting, uh, mm. which is you know as much as we praise the action in this film, most films do that when it comes to the action. They move the camera in the movement, but not to the extent that Kingsman kind of do it, which gives mm -hmm. it that extra cartoonious style. But man, that fight and then the gunshot and then the bullets flying from both sides because they both want to attack and the flares. Oh, the flares. And then the running and the bullets flying and the slow motion. And then he lands and then he cries on that dude's lap. He's got his leg blown off and it was like, oh, and he's like, I'm going to carry you to safety. So it's not just yeah. the fight. It's that whole fucking scene, right? Carries it's him a, to it's safety. It's a very good scene. Yeah. Building him up as a really interesting character and then just getting rid of him was, uh, yeah, it was quite. And then shocking. killing him off. Yeah. Basically, so, I think uh, it's not trying to make a point, but it's actually in at, at least, I don't know. It's definitely making the point of like. The war being this pointless thing of people just dying and they they i mean they reiterate that that it's just like you know it's about making the other uh like not dying for your country but making sure uh your enemies um die for their country mm. uh which is really just a backward say of kill the others don't die um but uh, just splicing in a bit of uh, patriotism but making it all pointless just like on the the trenches just dying i thought that the the uh, shot of like this town who was still established and then just having a oh the time lapse a super like two years. super well done time lapse of just yeah. like it becoming trenches that was also uh well done which which like I I don't get why they fucked up the parachute thing it looked really good uh 
And what what I'm picking up is that you really liked the church scene. It had a lot of background action, but still you were seeing what was happening. I think what Kingsman yeah. does well is having very intricate and fast-moving action that is still palpable and you can see what's going on. That's so hard to do with a camera mm. and it never goes shaky. It really stays on the action, um, which I really have to praise it for. I think for me, the Rasputin scene is so filled with energy and crazy mayhem that I would probably like say, oh, I enjoyed that because it was so much more Kingsman. But there's also an argument to make that, no, that other scene was more Kingsman because there's a lot of background action as well that's going on uh, while See, keeping I, it contained. The only reason know? I thought that the, the trench scene was better is that it was uh, like overall in that church scene, everyone's fighting each other for the same reason. They just want to, you know, they want to murder each other. That's because the chip mm -hmm. in their brain wasn't to do that. The, the battle on the trench is is mutual between them because they don't want either side to start firing because all of them are going to die. So they're just like, yes, we'll fight between each other. Mm. The Rasputin, <laughs> Rasputin, Rasputin uh, fight scene is extremely good as well. Two mm. reasons why. One, fucking killer music. And two, great choreography. And yeah. the choreography, in my opinion, was better in the in that fight scene than it was in the the trench scene. But I just thought the overall build up of the trench scene was better than the build up to the Rasputin fight because oh, I yeah, was kind of like I was like the weird well, sexual I, vibe was man, so odd. I I totally understand Rasputin was like a sex god from like the song. Uh, it's also magic uh, for some the reason. The Boney M song, but I didn't yeah. realize he was like he a was fucking uh, doing witchcraft. Yeah, witchcraft. When he started doing men. that chanting, I was like. <laughs> Okay, that's kind of like I like I liked him, right? And I'm sad that he got yeah. killed off. I really wanted him to be the big yeah. bad because I was the big bad that he got killed sucked. off so early. Oh my god, yeah. I was I was like, okay, obviously this is because obviously they introduced the big bad really early, but then they don't really do mm. much to build his character because they hide Bold. him the entire time. Bold. Yeah. He's Bold. mad that the English have good mustaches and hair everywhere. Uh, but it also comes back to like the silliness of of Kingsman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Remember that moustache close-up? Dude, there's literally, it was like, why is there a close-up of the moustaches? And also, what happened to great-looking moustaches like that? Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, by the way, like, totally offhand and note, but uh, you didn't end up watching Death on Denial, but they have a, um, they have an establishing scene for uh, Poirot's, um, uh, why he has that moustache and why it's so big. There's a What's reason the reason for it. What is it? Well, he has a scar from war. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's over his mouth. Really? So, yeah. And it, now they the moustache covers the it up. How was the scar? How did the scar? Well, they show the him being in the war and getting the scar. But how did he get it? Uh, I, for I honestly forgot because I was just, oh. I, I was, I was on the floor laughing because it was so d dumb. Oh. Um, I, I don't know. It's like, I think it's, it's like a, uh, I don't know if it's actually within this, if it's all just a flashback. But yeah, anyway, so that's not what we're talking about today. But <laughs> like the other thing with this film, with Russ Bruton being basically a witch, is that he fixes the fucking leg. Yeah. How, how does he do that? I, I, how? I don't know. I thought his There's trickery with that kid was also super weird. Yeah. I thought that when he did it with the, with the kid to like force them to go out of war or like, I don't know, when he did that with poisoning the kid, uh, I thought like he was just tricking them. But no, he just does magic. Well, I, I kind of thought like the, the poison makes sense because they're sending out the poison and maybe it's just like a temporary thing. So he knows the drug is like a temporary thing so he can count down yeah. how quickly it takes. And that's how he could do it that way, right? Because I thought he was like faking it to make it. But that one, he he, he literally fixes his leg by yeah. sexually arousing him <laughs> and licking. Like I was, I was blown away. <laughs> Maybe I should try it on you. Powers. Maybe I'm fixing your back. Or and then they killed what, him. What do you need it fixing? Yeah, and then they kill him. It was, it was a... Why? Really something. 
well, they, they also have basically that moment of like, oh no, I'm in distress, I'm about to die. And I think it's also Orlando's character. Was, oh, is it Orlando is almost dying or is it Conrad? Uh, I can't remember. But like Orlando at the end is also in that moment and then he's saved by the, by the goat. <laughs> oh my God, the goat. It's so dumb. The goat is the goat. It's the greatest it's of all the time. Goat. I, they, I, think, I think I would have fought differently of the Disney Plus ad if that goat was in there. But, well, I thought better yeah. of the Disney Plus ad because I saw it after I watched it. So after I watched this film. So, <laughs> you dude, were just in the I, mood for good goats. Man, fucking hell. Like there's so much about this film that I love and there's so much about this film that I, I hate that annoys me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, like the whole killing off Rasputin so quickly annoys me. The, like, at first I thought they were doing a different timeline with, um, what's his name? Fer, Fer, Fernadan, Fer, Ferdinand? Uh, Franz Ferdinand, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Like, I thought he was going to be, oh, look, they saved him. So it was a different timeline. And I was yeah. like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. How? And then it was like, no, he's actually dead. And, like, so many. Yeah, it's actually things. pretty similar, I think, to, I think there's like a story of him, like, randomly being seen by that guy who then kills him. So it's, I think it's pretty close to still being historically accurate if i'm not misremembering that are we saying that totally this film's wrong historic, like based on a yeah uh franz ferdinand was on the track yes uh conrad was a guy who got shot in the head but before with his kingsman umbrella locked the bomb off to the car uh, behind them yes. that's yes. what happened in serbia that's yes. actually what happened it's actually what, um, what yeah how world war two was started no one was started one oh, yeah one what the only reason it's i know ferdinand one of the two is from like year nine history class <laughs> Yeah, it's a big I was one. like, I know one. him. That's a name drop. I know that guy. Yeah. And Ferdinand <laughs> is in drop. the building. Man, yeah. they're name dropping some stuff. Fucking Zemo's in the... I thought like, oh, cool. It's a Marvel movie now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you Fucking see the post credit scene? Because I almost missed it. Yeah, no, I saw Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, scene. I thought the it was before. Stalin. I thought it was Stalin. It looked nothing like Hitler. Well, it was, he, he was with the German people. So he like, looks uh, so much like Stalin. <laughs> Because I was like, oh, okay. He's a, he's a German actor. I've seen him in bo- before oh, in German Oh, okay. Films. Right. That makes sense. So yeah, I was like, he was oh, like yeah, I am Adolf Hitler. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so stupid. But fuck yeah. I guess to jump to that, do you think there's going to be a sequel to this? There's a fucking sequel prequel in the making there. Man, they were just so done with like, probably like, what's his name? Um, Taron. Uh, John, John Edgerton? John Edgerton? Joel Edgerton. Joel John. Edgerton? No. John. What's Taron? Elton John. Taron Edgerton. Rocket Man. There's too many Taron. Egertons and Edgertons. And <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm. Uh, Johns I, and yeah, I was, I was still thinking of Obi Wan, which will have Joel Edgerton, but no, it's uh, Taron. Um, maybe he's still busy and he can't do a sequel because he's like popping off in the world. I mean, not so much in like the last like year because he's uh, doing Sing too. He's, yeah. <laughs> Sing too. Um, wait, very busy wait, playing. Stop, a, stop, stop. Ape, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 my heart sank. My heart. Oh, I panicked. I saw a movie called Tetris, and I thought they're making a Tetris movie. They are making not. a Tetris movie. It's it's no, a, the film are. will reportedly delve into the legal battles which took place during the Cold War over oh. ownership of the game. Oh my god. <laughs> Is no, it is. A t- yeah, they were they were making a touch. I guess it's not happening. No, see, I didn't read the last four words. It's literally the last four words were ownership of the game. I didn't read that. I just read taking place through the Cold War, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, the Cold War was ages ago. Tetris didn't exist. Tetris fucking existed in the Cold War. It's, it's the like, Cold War it's Tetris like, movie. The Cold War stays cold as long as this Tetris game keeps keeps going. Oh my <laughs> god, like, this is great. US, I'm so happy. <laughs> the Soviet Union has both like the 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 Tetris champion. 
Whenever you send four lines at the same point, a missile missile launches. Here we go. There's a movie. Okay, so it is a Tetris fucking movie. Fuck it up. Um, like I look, I like if they're gonna do a sequel with Hitler, they really need to nail the fucking style that they're gonna pick. Like they're just gonna pick it. Like they've got one. They just need to make it consistent and flow. That's all I want. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they uh, wanted to have like this crazy historical figure, but then still have the rest of history play out the same way. So if Rasputin was like behind it all, um, I don't know if he would have had a, a bigger influence on history at large. So I don't know how big they can go because it feels like they, they are constraining themselves. Because Rasputin would have been a crazy final battle, you know, with somebody he put up healing a, I reckon he put up shit. a better fight than that, um, what was his name? Which was also, I, 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 I don't know who he was, called, uh, what he, uh, who he was, but um, I completely forgot about that guy. Yeah, no, uh, so did I. I was like, I, oh, okay. I, yeah. I was like, on, I was, I was waiting name. to see like a cool reveal for, for oh a character. God. And then it was just he's like, not even, he's not even like, it literally goes, oh, this is top cast ready on IMDb. Uh, mm-hmm. Orlando Oxford, Polly, Rasputin, Conrad Oxford, uh, Shola, camp guard, number one, camp guard, number two. And then it's Morton, <laughs> literally camp guard, number one and camp guard, number two are more important than the fucking villain. Lachlan, let me stop you there. I don't, you don't know what camp guard, number one and number two were up to. Camp guard, number one, the only other thing. Thing that this guy is known for is literally do little. I wouldn't be surprised if three movies down the line he becomes the big bad. So he could become the big I, bad. And camp and camp guard will, number two, Peter York, doesn't even have an IMDB photo. I shit well, you not. He just, doesn't even he, have an IMDB mysterious. photo, and he's more important than the big bad of this film. <laughs> no, the IMDB listing is just sometimes alphabetically. Uh, alphabetically I don't give a ordered. shit. Okay. The IMDB always rating is billing. the most important thing ever. IMDB is just basically, basically fancy people Wikipedia, to be honest. So, I've also realized I haven't know. read any of the Metacritic um, uh, reviews. Reviews, yeah, but it's super low. 45, I think, is a bit low. Where would you land on a rating for this film? I'd probably just give it like a, like a three. I still like it. I still enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I, I, I land on it like a 2.5 out of, Matt, out of 5. Have you ever realized that Metacritic's fucking search system sucks? It is Metacritic's super search bad, bar yeah. is the worst search bar. If someone came up to me and was like, hey, Lachlan, you have three wishes. What do you wish for? Fuck all that like world-saving shit. I just want them to fix Metacritic search bar. That's all I fucking want. I just want to be able to type in the King's Man and not come up with the fucking TV spots first. Who the fuck is rating the TV spots of the King's Man on Metacritic before they rate it? Squarespace anyway. pretty good. I'm getting, a, I'm getting, I'm getting into it. Hang on, I want to see what the Washington Post says because they usually have a fucking mint review. The Hollywood Reporter, uh, the New York Times, IGN. I think our web- website has a better searching system than <laughs> than Metacritic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, they gave they gave it a fifty. What's the worst review that this has gotten? Oh my god, Screen Rant gave it a fucking thirty. The Kingsman is a joyless prequel to Kingsman, devoid of the charming offbeat comedy and pulse pounding action scenes that made this franchise fun. The Austin Chronicle gave it a zero. All the broad humor of the original film is gone, replaced by clunky and often tasteless gags and the attempts to extract pathos from genuine, genuine tragedies, tragedies. Very, very from tacky, tacky to, in, to, insulting. to insulting. Wow. Yeah. Uh, no one was really positive on it. There was. Uh, it's just all mixed. I don't um, know. Yeah, the well, Hollywood Reporter gave it an eighty. Oh, it did. Oh, so I did. Seen that gave it a sixty-nine. Someone knows what they're talking about. 
uh, oh my god, literally it says trailer the Kingsman villain in brackets v, villains trailer UK, and then it's like it even has the the gentleman Australian featurette before the Kingsman trailer. The trailer they put oh, for fuck, anyway. Sorry, um, I gave it a three out of five. <laughs> Yeah, I give it. Started. I give it a, a two and a half out of five. I think that's a pretty fair rating for a film that, um, you know, it, it passes uh, the threshold of you know anything that I rate a five out of ten is something that I think Lachlan would at least go away with enjoying. That's solely Are you saying my, my taste entire is shit. <laughs> no, I think. Fuck you. I think about, uh, what was it? A bit more than a year ago, uh, I, I think I was, well, I was watching way more movies than you were. You were mainly watching films for the podcast. And I said, like, whenever there was a bonus one, is it worth talking about? And you said, well, if it's a five or above, I feel like I would enjoy it. Because I tend to rate movies a bit uh, lower than you do. So if it's a five, I think you would still have a decent time with it. Uh, and since then, since you said that, I've based every single rating on that uh on that uh not dichotomy on that on that uh preface you know would luckland enjoy it if it's uh if he does then i'd give it a five or more if he wouldn't enjoy this then it's a five or, or less uh i have no other ranking i don't care about the story or whatever i'm just solely basing it on what i think luckland enjoys so that's an insight into my rating system for you excellent <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think that wraps it up for our discussion of The King's Men. Uh, again, it is streaming on a various different uh, streaming service, uh, depending on your country's availability. Next week, we are taking a look at Uncharted and Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2022. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to rate us with five stars on your favorite podcast app and join our Discord if you want to be part of the announcements early or just follow us on twitter or instagram you also get to hear the new film for our roll that again film club you know so you can be part of it and be ready once we tackle a new film every other week shout out to that show uh go check it out and give it a listen um and yeah you can also join our patreon for just one buck a month uh, you can become a PA and get access to a bunch of bonus content like the drunk cast or show notes or some bonus reviews. There's a bunch of uh, bunch of extra stuff on there. If you want to support us, that is uh, greatly appreciated. You can also follow us on Letterboxd. We have an HQ account over there and all of our personal socials are linked below as well. And with that, Lachlan, can you still feel your arm? Are you... Uh, can you move it? How how much does it hurt? Boosted my, oh, boy over here. My boosted yeah. boy. How, how tall do you fine. feel? Actually, it's gotten probably gotten a bit more tender since the start of the recording. Yeah. I, like I, I've moved it less. It's my mouse arm. Um, yeah. What made it worse is that I've been playing like Dying Light as well, and I'm just like flipping <laughs> around the fucking place. So like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how how tall do you feel? How tall? Yeah. How tall? Unfortunately, the same height that I went into ah. getting there. But we don't know. Ah. We don't know what happened. In we can check hours. back next week, maybe. Check back know, next week. Maybe. Let you know. We never know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's the podcast. See you next week. Yeah.